Now, as Jesus and his disciples went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which shall not be taken away from her. How many of you have siblings? Then you know, right? You know that arguments are inevitable. (laughs) Thankfully, our arguments are not enshrined in Holy Scripture for everyone across the ages to read and debate and comment on. But that's not the case for Mary and Martha. Thanks to Luke, these two sisters have been engaged in the same argument for almost 2,000 years, preserved in time for everyone to see. And over the centuries, people have read a lot of meaning into this argument. Some folks have pointed out how significant it is that Mary sat at Jesus' feet, because that's That's where a disciple would sit to listen and to learn. And so when Mary sat there, she was declaring that she was every bit as much a disciple as any man, declaring that even though the society in which she lived viewed women as inferior and denigrated their value, women had an equal place and part in the Jesus movement and in God's kingdom. This was long before the word or even the concept of equality existed. And here's a woman claiming her place alongside men, embracing her God-given dignity, the truth that all people, no matter their gender, are made in God's image and loved by God. And Jesus praised her saying what she had done was right and good. Now, for the record, I don't think that's what this story is about at all. (laughs) But it's still powerful. Other people have seen this argument between these two sisters and turned them into symbols. Mary is the symbol of contemplation, prayer, the inner spiritual life as she sits there at Jesus' feet and listens, while Martha is the symbol of action, service, the outward life of faith that she works to care for her guests. There are whole books written about whether you're a Mary or a Martha, and how the church needs both types of people. But thinking that way has often just left some people feeling like they're better and others feeling like they're worse, since at the end of the story, Jesus 
chastises Martha and praises Mary. That's led some people to say that a life of prayer and contemplation is better than a life of action and service. As if you're only allowed to choose one. We know that our outward and our inward lives of faith are just two sides of the same coin, right? They support one another. They're impossible to separate. So this morning, I'm going to propose something radical. That this story really is just about two sisters who are hosting Jesus at their house and who get in an argument that Mary did not think to herself, oh, well, I better sit here at Jesus' feet now so I can be a good symbol for feminism, whatever that turns out to be, and so I can show people throughout time and history that sitting with Jesus is more important than whatever the heck my sister's doing. This story really is just one moment in time, and so it doesn't. It can't capture all that these women were or did. I'm sure there were plenty of times when Mary helped with house chores, and that Martha was fully capable of sitting still. So this morning, we're not going to turn these women into symbols or allegories or anything else. We'll just let them be regular human people. They were thankful Jesus had come to their house, honored And they wanted to show their gratitude and to honor their guest by being good hosts. For Mary, that meant sitting at Jesus' feet and listening. After all, he was a religious leader, and we all know how these religious types, especially pastors, like to hear themselves talk. And so she sat down to listen, to pay attention, to be fully present with her guest. It was a beautiful thing to do. For Martha, being a good host meant providing for Jesus' needs, preparing a meal, setting the table, making sure Jesus was comfortable. Her culture placed a huge emphasis on hospitality. Just look at everything Abraham and Sarah did in Genesis when their visitors arrived. Taking a guest into your home came with expectations and responsibilities. Martha was trying to fulfill those expectations as a way of showing her love. It was wonderful. Back somewhere in, I want to say, 2010, during one of my trips to Central America, a group from my home church went to serve at a school in the town of San Felix, Panama. We spent most of the week serving at this school, teaching English and explaining math. Can you envision me explaining math, Jeff, and playing with kids? It was awesome. And at the end of the week, the school decided to, show, to, to throw this giant party. The, the students worked on dances and songs. The teachers made presentations. The parents cooked special food. And at some point, it became clear that this wasn't just a party. It was a way to honor us. It was an expression of their love, their joy, their gratitude 
for our presence and time. It was more than just a party. It was a physical manifestation of their hospitality and love. In our group, we did not like the attention, but when we realized the depth of meaning and feeling behind what they were doing, we couldn't imagine changing a thing. Though in retrospect, maybe we should have, since the next morning we all woke up with food poisoning. (laughs) If you want a character-building experience, you try getting a group of middle school girls home from Central America with food poisoning. It was a six-hour bus ride with chickens before we got to the airport. But before that, that moment of hospitality... It was tender and touching. And I think I'll always treasure and carry it with me. That's what Martha was trying to do for Jesus. And so we can at least understand why she got frustrated with her sister. This was more than just a meal after all. It was their responsibility and their expression of love, respect, care, honor, all the things they both wanted to show Jesus. The longer she worked by herself, the more annoyed Martha became that her sister wasn't helping. She was just sitting there until it all boiled over, and she ended up taking it out on someone who didn't deserve it, their guests. Jesus, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Has there ever been a time when even things that should bring you joy instead feel like a burden? Or a time when you realize that you were making serving someone else all about you? I know that happens to me all the time. Especially, especially when I'm tired or overwhelmed. Then tasks that normally bring me joy and fulfillment start to feel like a weight, a burden, a trouble. Just another item to check off my to-do list so I can sprint on to the next thing. And this might shock you, but it hasn't gotten any easier since we had a second child. There's more to juggle. Sometimes I forget why I do the things I do and can even lose sight of who I'm doing them for until I make things all about me, how hard I'm working, how busy I am, how overwhelmed I feel, grumble, grumble, grumble until I'm not even thinking about the person I'm trying to serve. Jesus, don't you care that I'm doing all this work by myself? In those moments, I picture Jesus saying to me what he said to Martha. Josh, you are worried and distracted by so many things. Step away from the to-do list. Come and sit at my feet. Just stop for a few minutes. Be still. Do what's needed, which is to hear my voice and be reminded of my love and have your soul restored, and in doing so, rediscover life as I intend for it to be. You see, Jesus was not criticizing Martha for wanting to be a good host. That's a good thing. And he certainly was not saying her work was less important. He simply recognized that Martha was stressed, frustrated, 
tired, upset, overwhelmed, that she had made even serving him all about her, her efforts and her frustration. And so he invited her to set down her burden, to do the thing we all need, to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen, to hear his words of grace and love, his words of acceptance and forgiveness, his words of hope and renewal that remind us of our purpose and joy. Whenever it is that our call and desire to love and serve others begins to feel like a burden or it causes resentment or we start to make it all about us, that is a sign, a sign that it's time for us to sit again at Jesus' feet so that we can hear his word and be restored, so that the serving and the giving and the faithful living can feel like it's supposed to, like a joy and a gift. Our living connection with Jesus is what makes our serving and our doing sustainable. It's what gives it purpose and meaning. It's what distinguishes us from people who are simply activists, and it keeps us from becoming grumpy people who just grind out our duty to serve others without any fulfillment or joy. That's what Jesus offered to Martha. It's what Jesus offers us. Amidst a world that is so busy and endless entertainment opportunities that allow us, if we choose, to never know silence or boredom or solitude, Jesus invites us to sit at his feet and be still. Be still. To stop. To listen to his words. His words spoken through the scriptures and proclaimed in worship and whispered to us each day by the Spirit to sit and listen. And if we do, we will find the words that Jesus offers are very different from the words we hear from politicians or the news different from the words we are offered through television and movies and advertising. The words Jesus speak heal us, refresh us, set us free, bring us peace, clarity, meaning, direction, purpose, hope, joy, encouragement. Jesus has the words of life. And he offers them to us. So hear Jesus' invitation to Martha and to you this morning. Do the thing that's needed. Know that you are fully seen and fully loved and fully forgiven by God because that's just how good God is. And knowing that, go and serve the people you meet, whoever they are, in whatever ways you can. And then, so the stress and the weariness don't become overwhelming, spend time sitting at Jesus' feet again. And then go serve again and keep doing that until the hearing 
and the doing and the acting and the listening and the sitting and the serving are so connected that they simply become one. 